Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello everyone, The View from the Bridge podcast is back. It's been a long time since we came to you, but Premier League football's back. The international break is over, and I guess usually we'd say plenty to be excited about, but maybe if you watched Chelsea versus Bournemouth yesterday, that feeling has been dampened just a little bit. I'm Scott Trotter, Chelsea writer for football.london, and I'm today once again joined by my fellow Chelsea writer, Bobby Vincent. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm good, Scott. Thank you. I'm good, thank you. Have you have you recovered from your arduous journey to to Bournemouth and back yesterday? No, I have not. Um, I'm yeah, I'm still quite tired, but yeah, just trains are a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it was a, even though it was a nil nil draw, I thought it was still a good day. Um, I didn't actually think it was the most boring nil nil ever. I thought it would, thought there were a few. Um, Good moments in the game from both sides that made it quite interesting. I've definitely seen worse games, so. but yeah, from Chelsea's perspective, as we'll get into, not the greatest day. Yeah, the the rain lashed down in the build-up to the game and, and the start of it, and I guess in terms of Chelsea net not getting any points, even when the sun was out, it, it felt like the the grey clouds were around and it was still still raining for Mauricio Pochettino. Um, I think as you said, it wasn't. A too bad game to watch. Both teams had chances. Uh, Pochettino said in his press conference that maybe Chelsea allowed Bournemouth a few more chances than he would have liked. They lost the composure a little bit when going forwards. Maybe committed a few too many bodies. But I guess in, in large part, it was, it was a case of same old story for Chelsea. They created chances, couldn't score a goal. Uh, there's two games in a row now. They haven't put the ball in the back of the net. Five goals in five games, a record eerily reminiscent of last season's 38 and 38, and that that didn't, you know, uh, spell for good times. They finished 12th, and I think this might even be the worst um, record they have in the opening five games uh, in terms of goal scoring since I'm going to get the year wrong here, but I think like 1995, um, a year where they finished 11th. So, you know, all all positive signs. That's an an improvement on last season. Yeah, yeah, so all progress, all yeah. pa- patience, and uh, yeah. But I know it wasn't all bad, I guess, Bobby. That there were still some good things, but maybe a lot to be frustrated about for Chelsea fans still. I think so, yeah. I think 
I think probably Chelsea fans will get a bit tired of um, people saying there are a few positives to take from the game because ultimately, ultimately they you know they want they want to see their side scoring goals and um, winning games, and that obviously hasn't happened the last two games. But I, I think there are a few things from yesterday to take. I thought. Uh, Leslie Hugo Chukwu coming in, making his um, full Premier League debut. We were definitely shocked when we saw the news because I think he'd only played like less than 20 minutes of Premier League football before that, and two substitute appearances. So, Bames come in and played a full 90 or so minutes, and I thought he was really good. I thought he looked really calm in possession and did well against the quite. Um, quite a physical Bournemouth side. I think like Philip Billing was on him for most of the game and he's, you know, he's a big guy and I thought he dealt with him well. Um, so that was definitely encouraging. I thought, again, another surprise perhaps was Mudrick starting. Um, I mean, we have been waiting for it because he hadn't started yet this season, but it was still a bit of a shock when he did start. I thought he played the first 45 minutes quite well. Um, had a few moments where he, he links up with Jackson very well. Um, we saw that in pre-season and they quite often do that one-two between them. Jackson's very good at laying the ball off and I thought there was a couple of moments yesterday where that looked good. But then, yeah, he didn't really start the second half as well and Pochettino brought him off on about an hour in. I think he was the first Chelsea sub, so um, that probably tells you enough. But I think definitely some positive signs for Modric, maybe, but you kind of run out of patience a bit with him. I'm not, I'm not saying give it up on him completely, but we do need to start seeing a lot more from him because it just feels a bit sort of deja vu us talking about Mudrick and um, saying, right, this is his chance and then he has it. And then we, we say there's some positives, but it's not enough, I don't think. And yeah, we do need to start seeing more from him. There's no doubt about that. But there's some small things in there that I quite liked. But yeah... I mean, apart from that, it, it was just another another day where you feel like if Chelsea played another 90 minutes, they probably still wouldn't have scored. Um, it, they didn't play badly. It's like, I, I think some of their some of their attacking scenarios are quite good, like in the build-up. And um, I think patience and possession is something that we've seen quite a bit this season. And I think that's something Pochettino wants to... Um, get across to his players and I think he's done that well like they don't really rush into chances like we saw last season where they were just sort of crossing the ball with no real and you know real person in there to get on the end of it they're quite patient this season and I think that is good but the end result has been the same and yeah a lot of understandably frustrated Chelsea fans and I think we heard that at the end of the game and yeah, I, it's one of those things we've spoken about so long. We don't, we don't really have a solution. Like no one really has a solution to it. Um, like Pochettino ultimately will take the blame if it carries on like this because he's the head coach. And but what what else can you do? Do you know what I mean? We, Graham Potter had the same issue in front of goal. Um, Frank Lampard and his interim basis. I, I think at times with Thomas Tuchel even in charge, Chelsea just haven't had that firepower up front and. Is it a personnel thing? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, these are really good players who all have strong attributes. And like, even for example, Cole Palmer yesterday, um, I saw a tweet. I can't remember who from. He had that sort of 
he had a good chance where he bullied it and um, it was saved. And you just think if that was two weeks ago at Man City, he probably scores that. And then there's one where he cuts in his left foot but decides not to shoot, where you think he just curled that in for Man City. It's just something, it's almost like a curse. And obviously it sounds sounds ridiculous to say that, but it does feel like that with Chelsea. It feels like whoever they sign, they just won't be as effective up front as they would have at their previous club. And I think there is no, for me, there's no logical explanation to you know, describe why this is happening, but I can't quite put my finger on it, and I'm sure you're the same. Yeah, I, w- I will say what one player did put the ball in the net yesterday, Levi Colwell. But um, yeah. of course, Chelsea find the way not to score, and he was offside from Raheem Sterling's free kick, which is very, very close as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's. I, th- I think what I would say with regard to this performance, I think you know people do want to see maybe a winger who who can beat a man and create a moment of pace by themselves when, you know, Chelsea need to change the pace from that slow build-up to have a real moment of ingenuity in, in their attack. But, you know, this game, while kind of no excuses, Chelsea should be beating Bournemouth, it was always going to be difficult to want to see progress from the last, the last game. Um, they obviously haven't had a lot of time because of the international break. Key players obviously not returned. Moises Casido coming back injured. Nani Madreke coming back injured. Uh, Enzo Fernandez obviously playing high altitude earlier in the week. And there wasn't going to be a lot of time for Pochettino to implement anything new for this game after after that loss to Nottingham Forest. So obviously a bit of a weird one. I think you hope to see more in the next game. I mean, you, you still hope to see more against Bournemouth. You, you just desperately want somebody to smash the ball in the goal more than anything else I think um, and that that is going to continue to be the narrative and, and Chelsea fix it um, and that is something Pochettino is going to have to deal with he obviously spoke about there being a reality that Chelsea need to win he doesn't want to kind of put excuse, excuses out there he understands the fans but he kind of acknowledged the circumstances the number of players Chelsea are missing and, and we'll maybe speak about uh, Unkunku a little bit later in terms of what role he would have been expected to have this season. But there's there's clearly something lacking that Chelsea need to find, and they need to find it quickly because they've had this start of the season that was, I guess, an easier run. Obviously, Liverpool tough first game, but the likes of Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, even you know West Ham, they would be teams you'd expect to beat if you have a successful season. Aston Villa, tough team coming up next. Obviously, Fulham uh, posed Chelsea problems last year. And then very quickly, you're starting to come into your Arsenal, Tottenham, the the real tough teams. And maybe Chelsea will be able to have a bit more success there when teams aren't sitting back as much. There's something to be said for that. But there's clearly still work to be done. Uh, to be done. And you've already mentioned uh, Mikhail Mudrick. And I guess just wanted to focus on him a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I don't know whether it would be a surprise to see him start. I think Ben Chilwell has been one of the big talking points of the season so far in, in his role on the left, and Pochettino admitted he wanted to see a more offensive kind of setup against Bournemouth. And I do, do you think Mudrick's done enough to start again next time? 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, probably not. Uh, and that sounds oh, it's a difficult one. Um, probably not. I don't think he did it for as long as he should have. Um, I think it, even if he had like sort of 15 minutes in, in the second half where he carried on being as good as he was in the first, but I think that would have been enough. Um, but I just don't think he got involved in the second half at all. And when he did, he, he lost it a couple of times. And yeah, I think Cole Palmer did okay when he came on. Um, obviously, Chelsea would have wanted more from him, but you know, he's still bet still very um, early days for him. And I think he probably would be more likely to come into the side and then see what we saw in the second half with Sterling going out to the other wing. Because yeah, Sterling's played left wing. You know, for a lot of his career as well, as well as on the right. So that wouldn't be too much of a change for him. Um, but yeah, that that is the thing I, I would think would happen. Um, obviously, I don't think a lot of Chelsea fans would be happy with me saying that because I know there's a lot of love and you know um, expectation of Mudrick, and I get it because I really want to see him do well as well. And I, I know there's definitely a player in there, uh, but it's just. Summit's not clicking at the moment, and even when he showed positive signs yesterday, I don't think he was, you know, like exceptional by any means. I, I think Pochettino said in his press conference that there's almost like a disconnect between him and the other players, and he needs to, um, yeah, they need to somehow connect it. And I, I think that's absolutely spot on. Um, Summit that I thought for a while, but maybe wouldn't have been able to say it in words, which he just doesn't look. Even though I said about sort of linking up with Jackson quite well, apart from that, I don't think there's. It doesn't seem like he's properly part of the system yet, or whatever it is. Um, and that was the same last season. So I, I, I am just really hoping he can come good, and I still think that there's a chance he could do. But I just don't. I think at the moment, when you look at it, there's probably better options, and with Chelsea really needing to win, um, then. I think you go for the better options. If it was different circumstances and, you know, Chelsea were in good form and um, there was a chance to rotate and try other other things, then I think, yeah, you start Mudrick. But I think you go for your best attackers um, against Villa next weekend because Chelsea needs to somehow find a way of putting the ball in the back of the net. And I think Cole Palmer probably would be considered as one of Chelsea's best attacking options at the moment. Unless he goes for like a four-two-three-one and puts Palmer 
sort of as a number 10 and drops a central midfielder and then he could put Mudrick on the left and Sterling on the right. Maybe that's an option. But from what I think he will do, if it's a similar system to yesterday, then I think Palmer would be the guy to come in for Mudrick. Yeah, and obviously that decision to start Mudrick saw Chilwell drop to the bench. His position on the left wing has obviously been much scrutinised. And when he did come on the pitch yesterday, um, I think around the final 10 minutes, he actually came on as a left-back, I think, for the first time this season. Um, and I just kind of wondered, obviously, Levi Colwell's played left-back for Chelsea in the Premier League so far this season. He's obviously been solid. He perhaps doesn't offer... Well, I say we, we discussed this during the match yesterday that he, do, he doesn't offer a lot going forward. And then all of a sudden in that second half, he was marauding forward at every opportunity and actually been a bit of a nuisance in the box. But when Chilwell did eventually come on, I think he provided like three crosses in the last quarter of an hour of the game. I think, you know, within a minute of coming on, he knocked a cross in for, for Jackson, who just couldn't quite get the power on, um, on it to, you know, capitalise and... For me, Chilwell obviously probably one of the best left backs in the league. Is do you think we see any change to that back line? I guess that's been one of the more consistent areas for Pochettino this season. Um, obviously, since James's injury, Malagusto, who probably had one of his more difficult games yesterday, but then Axel de Sassi, Thiago Silva, and Levi Colwell. Is that something he's going to stick with? Do you think, or could we see Chilwell go back to? Uh, more natural position for him where he can still provide lots of width where he perhaps can, you know, time that run a little bit better from a deeper position rather than being, you know, the primary objective of the defender. And can Chelsea get some more attack and joy from him uh, through that as well? Yeah, I think they, I think they would. And I hope, I hope Chilwell does go back to left back because I think it will benefit Chelsea, Chilwell and Colwell. Um, so, for me saying that, I mean, as in Cole will, will go back into a centre of defence because I think he's one of Chelsea's you know best centre-backs. I think him and Thiago Silva on paper would be my two, you know, go-to um, centre-backs to Chelsea. Um, I'm not saying Axel de Sassi has played terribly. Um, I'm not wholly convinced by him yet, but I, I don't... That's nothing really bad on this part. I just think that's a few, few games where I've seen a bit seen him be a bit shaky. I think he was quite good yesterday um, in his defence. And perhaps he doesn't deserve to be dropped, but I think how good Colwell is. I think Colwell's best attributes suit playing as a left centre-back a lot more than it is as a left-back, which, you know, he offers a lot going forward, even playing from centre-back. He's um, he's almost like a playmaking centre-back, which is, you know, kind of a weird thing to say, but him stepping out sort of into midfield and playing those like line breaking passes. Um I think there's not many better than him in the Premier League on his effort and can't do that as much at left back. He he sort of asked to go forward a lot more um into well like you like you said we were talking yesterday and Pochettino famously likes one of his fullbacks to stay and the other one to go forward and he did he sort of alternated in both halves and in the first half Malagusto was a lot more advanced than Colwell and then in the second half Colwell was more advanced than Gusto and Colwell did well, to be fair. Like you said, he was a bit of a nuisance and he, he obviously got that goal that was ruled out and he came close with a bit of a scramble to scoring a legitimate goal. But yeah, I just don't think um, 
necessarily marauding forward as a left back suits his play style as much. Whereas I think that's perfect for Chilwell. And like, like you said, I do think on his day, Chilwell is one of the strongest in this position in the um, in the country. And I think he does get a lot of... There are a lot of Chelsea fans who like him and he gets a lot, a lot, a lot of criticism as well. And I think, to be fair, the, the criticism he's got this season has been more than he has before. And that might be down to him playing out of position. I don't think playing on the left wing suits him too much, I think. I think it was against Luton where um, he had that opportunity in the box and he passed it, I think, to Sterling where he should have shot. That sort of summed up why he shouldn't be there is, you know, that lack of um, attacker's instinct in the box. And the, the, the silly thing is, Chilwell actually gets quite a few goals from left back. But I think that's because it suits him a lot more sort of arriving late um, rather than playing that far up the pitch. And yeah, I, I, I personally think with Colwell left centre back and Chilwell left back, Thiago Silva right centre back and Gusto obviously when Tories James is back. I think that's Chelsea's sort of best defence. Um it might yeah, like like I said, it might seem, seem harsh on um just Sassi and obviously we got Baddy Ashida to return, but I think at the moment that's that's what Chelsea should do and obviously Pochettino has a plan and I'm not saying you know, he's completely wrong for doing what he's doing because he knows a lot more about football than I do. But So he obviously sees things different to how I do and how you do. And maybe he sees something at Colwell playing left-back but no one has really picked up on because we're, you know, simply not... We don't know as much about football as Mauricio Bochettino does. So. But if, if you're asking me for my opinion, yeah, I think I think you put, go back to a more orthodox defence with Ben Chilwell left-back and Colwell back into the centre. Yeah, and then I guess the other, you know, elephant in the room of what we're not really, well, we have talked about it, but the, the goal-scoring issues at Chelsea that have, have been around forever now. Um, Chelsea are, in fairness, creating lots of chances, but inevitably with that, there becomes lots of scrutiny over Nicholas Jackson, who I actually think for much of the season has actually performed quite well. Um, he obviously got a goal against Luton. But we have seen a number of misses, particularly against Nottingham Forest. I think it was a big contrast to, to what we had seen against Luton. And then he was under the spotlight through the sheer volume of that. It was, it was really interesting in those press comments how we, we came from, I guess, questioning that led Pochettino to say that Nicholas Jackson could be one of the best strikers in the world in the future uh, to then... You know, almost asking if they if they needed another forward in the transfer window that had just passed. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting how quickly things can turn. Jackson again had a few shots yesterday. I guess you're writing a piece uh, about his kind of situation this afternoon. Pochettino's made it clear, I guess, by leaving him on the pitch on afternoons where he has struggled that there aren't any other options at the minute. Obviously, Ronnie Stutter and David Washington, both 18 years old, on the bench yesterday. Um, persistent with Jackson's obviously deemed a, a better strategy on that account. Um, I guess, I guess what, what have you made of Jackson so far? And I guess maybe hint at what you're going to write about this afternoon of did Chelsea just simply have to persist with him until somebody like Christopher Nkunku comes back and, you know, can maybe either assist him or provide some competition. And where do you see Armando Brogia fitting into all this as well? Yeah, like you said, I think like overall, like I think Jackson has been good. Um, I think he does offer a lot more than goals to Chelsea. 
Um, but, you know, obviously goals are the most important thing for a striker. I mean, Pochettino is not hit from that. He's, he said that Jackson does need to score more. And I think he was asked yesterday about, he's had a few yellow cards this season and about his sort of frustration from not scoring enough. And I, I like you said, I'm writing a piece and sort of gone through basically every one of his shots this season. And there have been quite a few already. Um, and he, he has missed, you know, a big biggest chance at least in every game um there was that one against liverpool quite early on when reese james plays it across the box he gets near but really good movements get near post and that that's the thing he, he does all the sort of the hard work he loses um i think it's virgil van dyke loses him and then gets a really good position there and just guides the ball over the bar uh against west ham he has a sort of free header on goal after a bench Chilwell well cross he obviously scores against Luton, which is great and that was a yeah, that was a really pleasing goal to see as well because even though it was essentially a tap-in, it's one Chelsea haven't scored in recent seasons because they haven't had that player who would be there. Um, when it gets Forrest, he has that one where, he, again, he gets in a good position, but he just completely mishits the ball and skies it. And then yesterday, to be fair, I'm not, he didn't have any easy chances, but he had a couple where you think he probably should do better. And I think, yeah, like his overall play is very good. He links with other attackers really well. I said about him and Mudrick. Um, there's a couple of times as well when like Enzo Fernandez or Raheem Sterling would uh, pass to him and like try and get it off him because he's, you know, he's a physical presence and he's good at pinning a centre-back sort of behind him and just having the ball for opening up angles for his um, teammates who run off him. Uh, his runs are really good. Like, I think I saw a stat when, when doing some research on this, for this article that he's made more attacking runs than anyone else in the Premier League uh, by like quite a considerable amount as well. And he, he's played virtually every minute in the Premier League, I think. So um, that might not be much of a surprise. And it, again, it shows Chelsea's sort of lack of options. What's he got? Armando Broya coming back, who I don't... We were speaking off air just before this. I don't think it's really fair to... We haven't really seen enough of him at Chelsea yet. He obviously had a few substitute appearances last season then picked up that horrendous injury and obviously it's going to take him time to get back to what we you know what we call like peak condition because ACL injury as we know can, can affect people in different ways and have you know career defining um can have a career that define an impact on people so hopefully that isn't the case but I am looking forward to seeing Amanda Breuer back and I think his role will be behind Jackson, as in not as in behind and on the pitch, as in playing um, on the bench while Jackson carries on, especially when Broyer's returning to full fitness. But, you know, hopefully he can find find a goal or two and then he's potentially challenging Jackson for his place. But, yeah, with Jackson, it's, it's one of them where we, we know he needs to score. But, like at the moment, Chelsea just have no one else really to come in for him. And I, th- I thought after Lewin, it would be one of those you know conf- those goals that give you real confidence and it would kick on a bit. That hasn't proven to be the case yet. And you are just hoping against Villa next weekend you can find a you can just score a lucky goal or whatever, and um, that'll be such a relief for him. And I think on another topic, I think if Chelsea do get a penalty. Obviously, they have won this season that Enzo Fernandez missed. If Chelsea do get a penalty, you let Jackson take it because he's a striker and he needs a goal more than anyone. 
um, as your number nine. And that would give him a confidence to kick on, hopefully. But yeah, it, it's a weird one with Jackson because I, I think he's quite well liked, universally liked almost by Chelsea fans because um, he works really hard and obviously had a really good preseason. He works really hard off the ball. And you can see there's definitely a player there, but at the moment it's just not clicking from in front of goal. And it's just one of those things, I guess, like those chances that he's missed. If he was in form, he'd score them. And nine times out of ten, he would score them. But at the moment, it's just not quite clicking from. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think he is going to be under the spotlight and, until goals come. But as you kind of noted about in my light, I was on the train home yesterday, and, and you know you hear fans talking as, as you travel and. I think they, they, they were talking about, you know, Chelsea need a goal scorer, somebody put the ball in that net. But there was always that caveat of people think Nicholas Jackson will come good and be a good player in the future as well. I think, I say, that all-round game he has really endears himself to fans. Perhaps he, he didn't put in his best performance against Bournemouth, but it, it will certainly be interesting to see whether he can pick up and, and really shine this season. Um, it'll be even more interesting to see how long he can avoid a fifth yellow card for. Um because that will be really unfortunate in terms of, you know, will Brogia have to come back quickly? Will we end up seeing Raheem Sterling up front? It, it'll be a tricky line to follow. And obviously, of course, those yellow cards don't get wiped out for a long, long time yet. Um, but I guess leading on from there, maybe we should take a, take a look at one of the big talking points to arise from yesterday, uh, which is Chelsea's bench. Um of course, the injury situation leaves a certain reality of what Chelsea can expect from the bench, but the fact that they have spent a billion pounds in the last 12 months so will also mean they have that to be hammered over the head with at every possible opportunity from every angle, and I think probably understandably so. But that bench did have two goalkeepers on it. It had only three players who I think had played in the Premier League uh, for Chelsea before. I got that one right, and then only Ben Chilwell that had made three Premier League starts at all. Uh, three, sorry, more than three Premier League starts at all. I think Cole Palmer had made three uh, for Manchester City. Um, so I think that bench it was Lucas Bergstrom, Georgia Petrovic, uh, Ben Chilwell, Ian Matson, Cole Palmer, David Washington, Ronnie Stutter, Alex Matos, and Alfie Gilchrist. Um, it was young. I guess it was surprising in some ways until you started looking back at that injury list. I, what what else can Pochettino do, I guess? We, we saw the three substitutes come on with Premier League experience. Maybe he didn't feel the rest of the squad was ready. I, I, just what, what do you make of that bench, Bobby? Yeah, mixed feelings about it. It's obviously it's nice to see um, young players on there and Without, I know yesterday they didn't want given a chance, but I guess it is still a chance at the end of the day to be on the bench and have that whole experience warming up on the pitch, warming up at halftime um, with you know players they look up to, and they they obviously like as much as these are sort of uh, unusual circumstances because the amount of injuries Chelsea have, they, they also deserve this chance, and um, they've obviously. Those players are obviously the standout, some of the standout players from the development squad. That's why they've been given a place on the bench. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole thing about Chelsea spending a billion pounds, I do get it because, you know, they have signed an unbelievable amount of players. But don't forget as well, they also sold an unbelievable amount of players in um, in the summer transfer window, 
like they sold way over 10. I don't actually know the number. I think over 15 players who have been first team players over the uh, last few seasons in some capacity. So it's not like Chelsea have, you know, got just kept adding to their squad. They've effectively, I think if you actually look at it from last season, they've got less options, I'd say, because I think there were more um, outgoings and incomings. But yeah, it is such an unfortunate circumstance and one, I mean, what else can you do really? It's just muscular injuries are really unfortunate. Um, I know a lot of people said you can ask about the sort of workload that Chelsea do and the even like the club's medical staff have been questioned, but I think it's just one of those freak things really um, without going to, like, if someone did like a scientific investigation into it, I'm sure there might be something more into it, but it's just one of those things. And at the moment, Chelsea, is it 12, do you say? 12 players are missing. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, and we were looking yesterday, um, someone had tweeted a 11 um, of Chelsea players out injured and it's it a very good team. So it does show you what Chelsea are missing at the moment and um, obviously they'll be boosted when they come back. And there are a few who are close to coming back. We know Breuer and Badia Schill are, you know, just a matter of sort of time away. They've been in full full training with the first team now for best part of a couple of weeks. Um, of course, they were there's a small group of them at Cobham, but they they were doing things that the first team players were doing in full training. Um, Reese James, I don't think it's too far away. Uh, Pochettino, perhaps quite surprisingly, said that he's hoping before the next international break, which was definitely longer than expected after, because um, of course it was a Liverpool game he got injured. Um, and then it was just a matter of a few weeks, but it's now turning into something that's probably going to be a couple of months at least, which is unfortunate. And then um, you're hoping Chuck and is not too long away. Um, of course, it's been a few weeks now, and I think it was six weeks. Uh, the diagnosis was obviously hoping to hear more about Lavia soon. That's a bit uncertain. Um, Caicedo doesn't seem like a big one, um, and we haven't really heard too much on Madueke. So uh, these players are going to come back soon, and the bench will start to look, you know, more senior in the next um, few weeks, hopefully. But yeah, like I said, mixed feelings because the likes of Alfie Gilchrist we saw in. Um, pre-season he did really well um so it's nice to see him on the bench and then you've got um obviously uh, david washington who came in over the summer not a lot of people have seen a lot of him but um definitely an exciting prospect he's so, got quite the physical presence when you see him on the pitch as well doesn't he obviously not playing on the pitch yet but you notice him when he's warming up don't you yeah 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 he, he's very big um do you say he's 18 if he's 18, yeah i think so yeah he's built like that he's probably not even done growing yet so he's very big he's way clearer six foot you'd say um from looking at afar and yeah yeah it is nice to see these players um given a chance without coming on and it'll be interesting to see um the bench next weekend for Aston Villa because obviously Pochettino will be open he has you know a few more senior players to call upon but perhaps the likelihood is there will only be one or two more um because it's really not that far away when, in terms of how many training sessions they have, etc. So, yeah, it'll be super interesting to see um, what sort of squad Chelsea have next Sunday. Yeah, just quickly before we move on, I will kind of just 
illustrate what kind of team that Chelsea do have injured. So it'd be Marcus Bettinelli in goal, Reese James at right back. I think then, you know, is it maybe a back three? You could have Trevor Chalaba, Benoit Badiashiel, and um, Wesley Fafana. Uh, left, you've got Marco Carrera, you've got Romeo Lavia and Casido in the middle, maybe Chuck Wameka in the obviously Madweke and Broja. And is that 11? Have I named? I think that's 11. Yeah. So it's not a bad team at all. I mean, if you if it played the team that played yesterday, you're still probably getting an L nil draw the way things are going <laughs> at the minute. But, yeah, none of them could score still. So. But it, there are some good players there for sure. And certainly some options that will. I think what we spoke so much about last year was, you know, about players being competitive and training. And obviously some of that is lost to a degree when you have all these injuries as well. Obviously, you know, academy guys are getting the opportunity in training, which is really good, but hopefully not. But it does maybe, you know, unconsciously give other players maybe a chance to take the foot off the gas. Obviously they can't in this current situation where Chelsea is struggling a little bit, but I think only all of the squad are going to be benefited by these players starting to come back. Um, and hopefully, you know, the enthusiasm for players like Betty Ashiel and Brochet, who have been out for a long time now, particularly Brochet, can really feed into the group and, and provide some inspiration. Um, and, you know, hopefully Chelsea can can move on and, and do some good things quickly. Uh, Chelsea obviously aren't in Europe this season. They have a, a week of preparation before facing Aston Villa on Sunday. Um, and I guess what what can Pochettino do this week to, you know, try and turn these fortunes around a little bit? What what do you expect? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we were saying again, not fair, that like, but, but I think there's only so much you can do as a head coach um, of a football club that's not scoring many goals. Because, of course, they'll be doing as they would do, even if they were scoring loads of goals, they'd be doing shooting practice, shooting drills and training. We obviously see it, we get to see it before the games when they um, shoot against the goalkeepers. And yeah, you can do that. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, these guys are, you know, they're going to finish nine, nine um, chances out of 10 in training because they're professional footballers, they're world-class attackers, some of them. And it's just, it's just a completely different circumstance when you're on the pitch, I guess. Uh, we obviously saw it under Graham Potter, and we just, yeah we we just don't know. There was no clear solution. I don't think there is now still. But I guess working on like different attacking scenarios may be an option for Pochettino and his um, backroom staff. Uh, sort of scenarios you see quite often in games where a ball gets. I don't know, deflected out to the edge of the box um, from a corner or something, how they work that. But I, I think for the most part, Chelsea's build-up play has been quite been quite strong. It's just literally that last um, last action which has let them down and has let them down for a while now. So in, in that regard, I'm not sure how much more Pochettino can do. Um, it's one of those things that needs to happen naturally through confidence, I think, um, if Chelsea go and score. You know, three goals against Aston Villa, obviously very unlikely. Then the chances are the next week they'll they'll be a lot more confident in those situations. Um, that something needs to something needs to happen um, sooner rather than later. And what else can he do? I mean, obviously he'll be hoping that he'll be needing to assess uh, Breuer and Badia Shield because 
we heard they were both quite close for yesterday's game, so they must be theoretically quite close for um, last weekend. And hopefully, you know, Moises Caicedo can return to training and um, Chelsea can sort of ease him back in and hopefully he'll be in the squad for next Sunday's game. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of time now, um, more time than he's had in a few weeks. Obviously, he could be in national break to work for his players. So I'm sure he has a lot planned. And um, I, I, I still think he's the right man for the job, Pochettino, obviously. I mean, it's, it's definitely not a crisis yet if he doesn't turn into one. But um, yeah, it's just some of some things that we've just seen a lot over the last sort of 18 months or so. And um, but hopefully Pochettino and the staff will be able to sort some out before next weekend. Yeah, and I did realise as he was speaking there, I did miss Christopher Nkunku out of my injured 11. Perhaps the, the best well, player and best option of them all there. Yeah, he, yeah, true, true. He could be the difference of making that, you know, hypothetical in the squad match a 1-0 win. So Yeah, yeah, he could, yeah. You're right. And I think maybe that's where we'll just kind of finish the podcast off, it, is speaking about Nkunku and, you know, this goal-scoring issue and there's, I guess, more externally... That, Starting to be a debate from pundits of whether Chelsea should have signed an out and out forward uh, in the summer, in addition to Nicholas Jackson. There was talk of, from Pochettino during August of he didn't want to kind of block any pathway of Brozier, um, any kind of acclimatization period of signing you forward would just kind of take the same time as one Kunku would to recover, with Chukwameka coming back as well. I guess, how vital could Nkunku be for this team? He obviously looked unbelievable in terms of his activity in and around the box in pre-season. Can one player make that much difference? And is it concerning after all the money spent that maybe Chelsea are going to be reliant on somebody like him and until this team becomes a little bit more experienced? Yeah, I, I think he could be massive. Because um, like you said, I think he's one of, well, when he's in and around the box, I think he's one of, you know, the best players um, around and like his stats for Leipzig. And I know, I know a lot of people um, say Bundesliga, Bundesliga tax and it's not as good as the Premier League or whatever, but it's still a very, uh, very strong league. And his stats for Leipzig over the last few seasons are incredible in terms of his attacking output, in terms of goals and assists. Um, it's been very, very good. And we we saw a brief sort of glimpse of that in pre-season. Um, where he, he can almost be quite quiet in a game, but he'll come alive when the ball's, you know, in a good area for him. And that is literally to a T, I think, what Chelsea need right now um, in terms of that sort of player. And they haven't got it at a moment. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do think naturally he could be a massive player for Chelsea still this season. That they'll be hoping and they can get him back sort of December. I know it's been talking like January time as well, so I'll be hoping sort of December, but... At the same time, they'll be treating it with caution because, it, you know, aggravating an injury like that can, um, you know, make for much worse circumstances. In terms of, uh, they've, they've almost, I guess, relied on him too much in terms of they, they bought him in the summer. And they, then they, they, of course, bought Nicholas Jackson. But he was, Jackson was almost, I guess, a lot of fans saw it this way anyway, we're seeing as more of one for the future rather than right now. And the fact he get, 
I guess Pochettino tried him out in preseason and really liked what he saw, and now he's become a you know a key figure. And obviously injuries have helped out as well. But I think with Nkunku, they they gambled on this guy who was gonna be the man to sort of really help solve their attacking woes. And obviously they couldn't have accounted for an injury, um, especially an injury like that. That's just terrible luck. Or you could of course um, <clears throat> blame the pitch in. Um, I can't think where it was now in America, Scott. You were there. It was in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. It was, you know, one of the worst pitches. I wasn't there, but um, just from the TV, I think it was one of the worst pitches I've ever seen. So that, yeah, you could say it's unfortunate or it's, you know, a risk they took and it backfired. Um, but whatever it is, I think Chelsea did sort of account for Kunku being this guy who was going to help save them almost and perhaps didn't address striker area or striker even number 10 because he's sort of, he's sort of middle between that and the Nkunku and he, he can of course play on the wings as well but he was almost better as a second striker as Jackson so I guess you could argue that they didn't um, address that area as much as they perhaps should have but either way it's, it's terrible luck for Nkunku to be out for this long and it, it, I mean it's gutting for someone who covers Chelsea because you of course want to see the <clears throat> best players and when it comes to um, Nkunku he is one of the best players in his position around. So the fact we've only seen like a few a few games from him and they've all been pre-season is, is, is a bit um, a bit frustrating. And of course, Chelsea fans are even more frustrated. Yeah, it, it's funny almost having such belief and, you know, almost the sort of acknowledgement that he could be the answer for Chelsea when he hasn't even played a, you know, a competitive game for them yeah. yet. Um I will say I am in a draft fantasy football league. He is still in the squad. I refuse to let him go so somebody else can profit from him is that in a, January. How does it work? Is that the one where you can't change it? Yeah, yeah. Well, where well, you can, but it's like only um, you can only have one of each player, so nobody else can have him while I've got him. So if you got rid of him, one of your friends could get. Yeah, yeah. And I refuse, oh, right. to, I refuse to allow it to happen. I refuse. Yeah. I, I put him in my, I didn't do a draft, but I put him in my fantasy football team for the first week. And then, because um, he was quite cheap, I think he was like 7.5 million or something. Right. And I he, after seeing him preseason, I thought he was going to score like quite a few goals and then obviously got injured. Um, I had to bring him up for someone, I can't remember who now, but yeah, it's just frustrating because he is, um, like we say, a top player and one we were both really looking forward to seeing. And then, not going to get to see, not going to get to see him properly until December or January, no. Yeah, um, but before then, there'll be lots more Chelsea news to come. And I guess on that note, maybe some updates on Brogia this week. Certainly, one to look out for going into the press conference on what will probably be Friday ahead of Aston Villa. Um, yeah, uh, another long week for Chelsea. Make sure you. Keep up to date on Football to London for all the latest news from myself and Bobby ahead of that Aston Villa match. Um, maybe we'll be on here again at some point, or at least you'll see one of our faces on Twitter or Facebook. Um, and thanks for joining us. Be sure to leave a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, but we'll speak to you again very soon and hopefully we'll be discussing a win over Aston Villa in around a week's time if not before um, so yeah stick with football at London and thank you very much for joining us yeah!